This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, sir. I've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting to do this. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast, boys, boys and girls. I have a lot to talk about regarding nothing. A bunch of bullshit that I wanted to tell you guys on Thursday when I did the pick'em, but I'm like, you know what? That's safe for. That's safe for picking fights. So we're gonna go over the recap. We're gonna recap every single fight I gave him my patented star system. We're gonna recap everything. It's gonna be amazing. But before we do that, I have to get some things off my chest. The one benefit of having a podcast is you can just talk. And some of you listen, some of you don't, but it's nice to kind of vent this. Because listen, guys, your boy's a talker. I don't think that surprises anybody. Everyone, I talk, okay? The wife can only take so much. I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta uh, 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 outlet somewhere, okay? So um, there's some things that happened last weekend. All really kind of happened on the day of the podcast, which came out a little later that I need to get into. So first and foremost, welcome to the show. Okay. An incredible night of fights on Saturday night. We got some more coming up too for the rest of the year. Big pay-per-view this weekend. We're going to preview it at the end of this. Pick them this week with the boys, Timbo and Christian. So back to my stuff. You boys know I'm a boozy bitch. I'm a boozy little fucking girl. So we had a week off. In a week off of MMA, I had an amazing time on Thanksgiving with my family. It was very good. Uh, the the in-laws are halfway here, halfway in Atlanta. They have a house here now, so we actually got to go do Thanksgiving with a big – my family came over. I have a very small family that, that lives here, but they came over, and it was, it was, incre- it was incredible. It was such a good weekend, and, and I really – enjoyed like the break i i obviously thought of fights i obviously thought about doing the podcast but it was nice having like a little break and what that leads to is my brain goes wondering my brain goes okay blah 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 you know we need this we need that then i start micromanaging everything that i need i've since said on this podcast i think everything that i've had purchased for the podcast my gear setup i think i'm set uh, I have since got a new mic arm and a microphone. So I'm a complete fucking lunatic. Um, and headphones. What the fuck am I talking about? Headphones, too. Uh, you know, what I do is, is is I look at some of my gear, and if I don't like it, it's out. You know what I mean? And uh, I test some new things as well. I got, you know, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the, the one big purchase that I made was this microphone arm. And it's so insignificant and people sitting there probably could give two shits. It's very expensive. I've already had this type before. I had the same brand. This one is the red and black limited edition, of course, because I'm a little bougie bitch. Um, but one of the big problems last week was that FedEx was kind of dicking me around. And this company shipped late. It was a whole thing. I'm on the phone with them. I've told you guys, I'm the worst, worst when it comes to buying stuff from companies. If you don't ship properly or you don't ship quick enough i'm on your ass okay i'm the fucking worst i am the karen of all karens right i'm not patient this company small company out of massachusetts i really like um i did it's one of those things you don't know how good you have until it's gone right i had this type of arm before sold it because they were actually during the middle of COVID, they weren't producing much so the arms they are pretty expensive 
shot like double in price. I'm like, well, fuck yeah. I'm going to go ahead and sell that then. So I made a little money on that and bought some cheap one. The cheap one, I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they were dicking me around a little bit. And then the company that I love, Sweetwater, who I kind of, I wouldn't say I have a deal with. You know, I don't want to like brag. Like I have like sponsor system. There's some kind of mutual understanding with them and I about maybe me testing equipment because I'm a gear whore and yada, yada. Well, I have a credit card from them, right? And I paid it off um, not too long ago, and I have since put money back on it because I'm a fucking idiot, right? That's what I do when I have a week off. I decide that I want to change everything and uh, bring a new look, a new sound, a new whatever. Anyway, anyway, I don't pay attention to it. Whenever the bill comes, I pay it. Whenever Whenever the thing shows up, I pay it. So I've been putting a lot of money on it. So the, you know, I just happen to be like, let me, let me take a look at this. Right. So this is all last week. I'm dealing with the arm, not being here, them shipping late FedEx, which, you know, FedEx, you know, sorry, Christian, you know, I have some problems with FedEx. Um, and so I'm on the phone with them dealing with that. And then I just, uh, again, just, I guess I was looking for trouble, but I, I also looked at the minimum payment, which I never look at. I looked at it. I was like, that seemed kind of high. For, you know, I've been paying X amount every month. I was like, oh, this seems kind of high. So I go and I look at the, the, and I had like 800 to 900. It was like almost $900. So it was like 853 of returns that I made with them. Because that's the thing is I, I test gear and I return it, right? And it was just sitting on my account. And this was like a month ago. And they're like, you know, it's active. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I returned this motherfucker. I was like, well, why am I paying almost $900 for this stuff? So then I had to get on the phone with them, and they're like, oh, it's the bank. I got on the phone with the bank. The bank goes at them, and then finally I got it sorted out. But that, that's annoying. You know, you don't mess with the man's money. So that one, that one got me as well. That all was all last week. I want to apologize for the podcast, by the way. Um, a lot of people did, you know, uh, no one's made a comment about it or whatever. I feel like I was off. I was very angry. Uh, my mic arm was supposed to be in. I had to do it on some stupid mic stand. It was bothering me. Um, I had to deal with the the bank thing, which happened on Thursday. I was I was p- playing phone tag with the bank in Sweetwater. That was very annoying. And the crew to growl, right? My wife, my lovely, adorable, uh, gorgeous wife. It was our anniversary, six year anniversary yesterday. This sweet, sweet woman takes my truck, right? I got a you know when she's with the girls, she takes the truck. First uh, one year old. Hazel had a doctor checkup, went there, took the four-year-old with her. Dad's dad's by himself. Oh, yeah, take dad's truck. Go ahead. Dad's dad's chilling. Getting the podcast all prepped production-wise. I was a little behind. And, uh, you know, getting the graphics right, all that shit. And then uh, I sat down to do it, and I get a call from her. She had to go. So she went to the doctors, and she went shopping. And then she went out to my in-law's house to get, like, a box or something from them. Um, uh, uh, they have my wife and my mother-in-law have a business, so they were getting stuff shipped. Anyway, my keys, and she locked the keys in the house. And there's no way to get in, right? Everything's locked up. Keys are in the house. This is about 30 minutes away. And I think I briefly talked about this on the on the Pick'em. If you're from Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, whatever, the last thing you want to do in Cincinnati is drive to northern Kentucky around 5 o'clock. This happened right at 5 o'clock. And... Luckily, she left her keys here. I took her key or took her keys, drove her car all the way out there, thinking that I'm just going to leave my fucking truck here until the in-laws come into town and we can get the keys. You know, not very happy because then I had to push the podcast. I was worried about my truck, you know, driving in traffic, which is never good. So I get there. They have locksmiths there, right? This married couple, which 
I really don't want to talk shit about people's jobs, right? Because, you know, people, everyone needs a job. I don't know what business they were. I'm not going to shout them out like, hey, locksmith, whatever. Yeah, I have no idea, right? It was a married couple, whatever. Um, they were not good at their jobs, so they were they were not good. They kept saying, oh, these are smart locks. These are smart locks. I'll tell you what, these smart locks are tough. Like, the guy was there first. Then his wife shows up. They get lost to find the house. They show up. They're arguing with each other. They're bickering with each other, right? Get mad at one another. They, they're like, yeah, the guy comes over. We got to scope it. You know what I mean? We just got to scope it. And he just kept saying scope it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm cold. Like, like, can we, are we getting in the house? Right. Cause the in-laws called him. The in-laws were, 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 were like, well, Brian needs his key. So we'll just call locksmith. And you know, my girls are there. They're ready to leave. They're tired. They're exhausted. I'm sitting here. I'm in shorts and a short sleeve shirt because I just left the house. I want to pick him up. You know what I mean? I'm freezing. And this guy's talking about scoping stuff, but I don't know what that means. Just open the fucking door. Went around all the house. Smart locks everywhere. Dude, this thing is just smart locked up. And I'm just like, oh my, can you do it or not? Is literally what I said. Oh, we'll get it open. This is what he said. We'll get it open. Him and his wife just fucking bickering left and right. They tried the garage door. That didn't work. So they moved to the front door and they literally essentially, instead of picking the lock, because it was a smart lock, they scoped it and they couldn't do it. They literally had like one of the, they made a key in the back of the, the van. They literally made a key. Like, so we have a new key for the house. And we got the keys and, and, and everything's fine. So I was a little late doing the podcast. So all that was just really just sitting on me. You know what I mean? And I feel like it really showed in the podcast. And and, and maybe you guys didn't notice. I listened back to it. I watched back uh, watched it back. And then the, the one, just the nail in the coffin. The nail in the coffin was... I run this program, Ecamp. Everyone that's in the, the podcast game, they, they, run, they run StreamYard. They do Zoom. They do Skype. They do whatever... I was an eCam guy. I used to do StreamYard, but you know they don't give you enough functionality, enough um, you know creativity. It's very limited. It's very easy to use, but eCam is a lot more. Whatever you know, people use OBS as well. eCam is a paid program that you download on computers only for Macs, and I really liked it. It was cool. Like I was paying forty fucking dollars a month for this thing, but it's just like StreamYard. You send links out. Big problem was is Christian couldn't somehow couldn't get audio. He was having audio trouble. No audio troubles on any other platform except that one. So that was kind of a bummer, but I was, I was figuring out, like, you know what, we'll work, we'll work through it. We'll, we'll figure it out. And then for the past couple times I've streamed, it's gone completely straight. It just ended. I was using, a, like, a, a thing to, re, to stream to YouTube, Twitter, and Twitter switched over from Periscope to Twitter, so I thought that was the problem. So I stopped doing Twitter, just going to YouTube, and then the past couple times it just keeps cutting out. So it's got to be the program. So I had to say, deuces, see ya. I, I can't use it anymore. So I'm back on StreamYard trying to figure it out, trying to put the best product together. But that was like the real kick kickover. Cause if you look at my, my, uh, MMA takes podcast, YouTube, there's two different streams for, uh, the fight night. It like split it up and it, that drives me absolute fucking bonkers when things don't go right. I'm, I'm a super crazy person when it comes to that. And that just absolutely drove me nuts on top of everything else I had to deal with that week. It was just a fucking, clusterfuck of a week you could tell i feel like i could tell if you guys don't know me all that well enough yet it it bothered me okay it fucking drove me nuts so the um so we got through it we got through it hopefully we'll iron out all those problems fix them because there's nothing more that bothers. i I couldn't sleep you know i'm using this fucking 
dumbass mic stand thing that, you know, w- that bothered me to no end. Then I'm fucking, you know, trying, I'm, I'm putting two days essentially. I mean, I know it's not that much work, but I got kids and stuff. I'm, I'm making these graphics and, and uh, I'm putting in the work, trying to make it look nice and everything presentable product, even though not that many people watch it, but it doesn't matter how many people watch it. All that matters is, is that I'm putting out a good product because eventually people are going to watch it because of the product. You see what I'm saying? Because of the product. And uh, they just totally boned me. So, Ecamm, sorry, man. This I think this is the second time I've bashed Ecamm. But uh, get your shit together, man. And, and then I obviously contacted customers. Because this happened before. I contacted customer service. I hit him up on the Facebook group I was in. I, you know, every, no one was like, well, you got to run this. And it's like, I got the best fucking MacBook they have. Right. I got fast ass internet. Like it's, that's not the problem. Okay. That's not the problem. The problem is your, your product stand by your product. I feel like I'm saying product a lot. Uh, all right, let's get back to this weekend fights. That's what you're here for. You're here for the fights, not my fucking bullshit complaints. I mean, that's just such a white guy, you know, straight white guy fucking complaint. What I just gave you, just none of that's like that big of a deal. And I'm just saying people have real big issues. I'm just sitting here fucking complaining about my expensive ass. mic arm didn't get, get to me in time or whatever. <laughs> fucking shut up guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just the complaints I have. All right. This is my migraine game, boys. This is my migraine. I felt very cloudy do picking these fights. I felt like I did some proper research. I, I gave the pickums out on Thursday and then come Saturday, Horrible migraine when I drove to Indiana, and uh, um, I, I knew I wasn't going to do crazy. I knew I wasn't going to do a slime ball. I announced that, but usually I do like I mix and match. I do some. I just did straight bets. I just did straight bets. Didn't do any slime balls. Didn't do any parlays. Didn't do any props. Straight bets through uh, down a little bit on the night, but my guy Chris Curtis cashed. But this is my migraine game. This was the uh, this is the one that got me. And since I um, since uh. I had a migraine and I was dealing with some stuff and it was, it put me on my ass. Didn't track my bets. So two weeks now in a row, we had the break. The one before the break, I didn't get to track my bets because it was the, how was it? My daughter's birthday. And then this one, you got, um, the migraine game. So two weeks, I didn't get to track my bets on MMA tips. I used to never do it. Now that I'm doing, I kind of get addicted to it. I like having the bets tracked. It's easy for me to, you know, follow that stuff. I think it's a good product and I haven't done it in two weeks, but I do have my trusty little notebook that I write everything down. in. so we'll go over. So slime ball was going to be, this is, I canceled it cause I didn't love it. It was going to be uh Dusko Tutorovic, right? Who won, who looked great, which I kind of thought that was going to happen. It was going to be Manel Cop, who was my mortal lock, who I love. And then Rob Font, who I was very confident in. Font blew the blew it, right? Font didn't win. So, but it got canceled. I didn't bet it. So I wasn't down money. Like I said, all straight bets. One, uh, one and a half, almost two units on Chris Curtis. He was the last bet I made. My guy, I was going to play the, the board like I played it and then just put everything else I had on Curtis. My guy, Chris, um, should have bet more in hindsight, obviously, but I, I went really heavy on cop. I went pretty heavy in Riddell, but one and a half, almost two units on Chris Curtis at plus 270. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that because I'm excited to talk about that. Darren Weeks, another underdog I played. Um, I, I, I liked him against Brian Barbarina. I really threw Barbarina under the bus. 
weeks just, you know, maybe not ready yet, right? His boxing looked better on the regional scene, and, and obviously he took his final short notice. His cardio was whatever. William Knight, little poke at William Knight. Should have been more grease. Grease that decision really got a decision over Alonzo Menefield. Very close fight. Brad Riddell, very confident. Riddell went pretty hefty on him, a little over two units. Uh, he was at plus 100 when I got him. I thought he was the better fighter. Good fight. Got caught in that third round. I think he was probably losing the fight anyway. I think Fazeev was just a step ahead of him. Uh, Manel Cop went big on Manel Cop as well. 2.5 units. Problem is, he was 265. So I didn't win a lot of money. I should have went big elsewhere. That was more of an ego bet because a lot of people were saying Zalgis was the was the fucking value. He's not the value when he's the worst fighter. You know, he's he's not even you know he's not even a good fighter. Like Manel Cop can be great. So I thought that was a little, and then a little poke on Rob Font, which was lost as well. So down on night, slightly down, only a couple bucks, not that bad. Chris really bailed me out there. Um, but, you know, hindsight, you should have went heavier on this guy. You should have went heavier on that guy. I almost rode, hand to God, I almost rode the whole fucking stack. Because I told you on the Pick'em Podcast, this is the last three fights. I'm shoving into the middle. Every fight card, I'm shoving it into the middle. So I almost shoved everything on the Chris. I was that confident in this fight with Chris Curtis. Um, I broke it down every which way. It was definitely a tougher fight than Phil Hall's, in my opinion. But we'll get to it. Main event, Jose Aldo versus Rob Font. little surprising to me. I was pretty confident in Font. Um, the difference here was, so the cappers were right. The cappers that said, Rob Font has no power because he didn't knock out Cody Garbrandt. It's kind of true, right? Rob Font has power. He's knocked out people before, but... And Josie Otto's been knocked out before, too, by elite, elite guys. But, like, does he have knockout power? Uh, does he have knockout power like um, like anybody else? N- not really. No, not really. He obviously he obviously does not. Sorry, I was distracted a little bit there. But, you know, he was going to a volume attack. I mean, he came out very aggressive. But Josie Otto is the one who... Took some shots, stayed relatively calm, went five rounds, out grappled him. Rob Font was initially in the grappling, which was a little surprising to me. Josie Otto looked way bigger in Font, looked ripped up, hurt him with a right hand almost every round, it seemed like. Uh, Jose looked great. Jose looked great. Jose gets a four. Rob Font gets a three. Rob Font's tough as they come. Rob Font could have got out of there a few times. He got rocked a lot, went to the ground, looked like he was tired a little bit, looked like his game plan just did not work. Plan A through Z was not working. It was a lot of pressure, a lot of body stuff, and Jose was landing body shots as well. And then that right hand was absolute money. Jose is still really fast at 135. Again, another example of how I cannot get Jose out of right. right? Either I bet for him, I bet against him. I, I, I just can't get this guy right. Like I said, fairly confident in Rob Font. But Font went out there and fucking, you know, I thought he fought a good fight. I still think he's a high-level guy. But there are levels to this, boys. There's levels. And Josie Aldo hasn't had the greatest run at 135. Has definitely lost. Has definitely got by on his name value. Has looked at his late Cheeto and then Pedro Munoz. And then now Rob Font. This is probably his best win. Rob Font was, was a man on a mission. I looked really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jose looked fantastic. Almost got a five. I really liked his performance, but I couldn't give him a five just because he obviously did the typical Jose slow down just a little bit. At 135, I know you have big power. Jose, you are a finisher. You got good leg kicks. You did kick in this fight, which was um, really nice to see. But 
At 135, though, you're gonna, your cardio is going to have to be through the roof. These guys don't stop moving. It looks like you're going to be in a five-round fight pretty much here on out of your career. You're a name. You're going to fight for title soon. Deal Shaw might be next. I didn't like how he slowed down just enough. That That's what kept him from a five. Okay, I'm fucking tough. I'm firm, but I'm fair. Okay, I'm tough as shit when it comes to that stuff. All right, Rafael Vaziz versus Brad Riddell. Vaziz, Fayez, Vaziz, whatever you want to call him. He gets a four. Riddell gets a two. A little harsher on Riddell than I would like because I do like Brad Riddell. First loss in the UFC. Um, he was all hands. He was setting things up, and it looked like he was trying to rush some things. Fayez, Fazeev, Rafael, whatever you want to call him, he looked very, much more calmer in there, kind of like willing to do, you know, just get his reads. Riddell was forcing things. He was kind of leaping in. It looked like since they had spent some time training together, they kind of knew each other's tricks. And it looked like Riddell knew, like, I need to come in with something a little fucking different because, like, he's going to be able to, to catch me and read me. And Riddell landed some nice shots to the face. And there's an even fight going into the third. I thought uh, Rafael was up. I thought he just had a little bit more momentum, landing the cleaner shots. I thought he was quicker in there as well. Riddell looked huge. I think the commenters, uh, the, the commentators commented on that. That's tough to say. Uh, but he was just a step behind and then, and then no kicks whatsoever. Try to wrestle a little bit. But it was more the hands and then just kind of weird entries and, and trying to surprise uh, Fayez, Fazeev. I'm going to say Fazeev. Okay, if it's wrong, go fuck yourself. And then Fazeev just, you know, was just a step ahead. And then that wheel kick, I thought it was an early stoppage, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I, I, there was a stoppage earlier in that night that everyone had a problem with, the, the Clay Guida fight, which I actually didn't have a problem. We'll get to that. But uh, Fayez, Fazeev, uh, God damn it. I can't, and now I'm ahead about it. Anyway. Great wheel. That's his. That's his bread and butter. It's 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 amazing. I doubted him because I thought maybe he had a little bit of a chin issue. He's been knocked out once in the UFC. He gassed out against Bobby Green. Did not do that. Killer instincts in that third round. Um, and I think this guy's could be a legit problem. One fifty five. I want to see him wrestle a little more. I want to see some grapplers. Gregor Lepsey's a guy that keeps getting thrown around. I like to see Gregor fight him. Uh, fantastic striker. Probably maybe one of the best strikers at one fifty five. He's quick. He's fast. He's elusive. Um, his countering is really good. He can lead, and he's um, um, like obviously world class in that in that standard. So Brad Riddell, sorry man, you know uh, I rode you, and then you, you, then you shit the bat on me. I took I took some a nice little chunk on you as well. You're not in the graveyard because you won me a lot of money, but I mean this is a tough fight. This is a tough fight for you, but you know what I mean. I just I felt like he looked a little off. I felt like he didn't look as good as he did in the Drew Dober fight, and that could have been Fazeev. Fazeev is. That high level that he could have shut Riddell's game down completely. But a very entertaining, high, high-level fight, striking fight. I love it. All right, Jamal Hill versus Jimmy Crute. The Brute. Jimmy Crute, the Brute. Ah, man. You know, if you've been listening to me a long time, you know I have my problems with Jimmy Crute. He embarrassed me going up to the counter, betting one of the first times ever in Indiana legalized betting. A hefty sum on him against uh, Misha Sarkinov. He gassed out. He lost. I had a grudge. I have since passed the grudge on. And then I picked him in this fight. Even though I like Jamal Hill, I think Jamal Hill got exposed a little bit. I thought his confidence, even though I love his confidence, I thought it might be an issue because he was just so confident going with Paul Craig. I was wrong. I mean, Jimmy Crute is a little too confident. Jimmy Crute thinks he's a striker. He went in there and, you know, threw some kicks and got a little wild, doesn't put his hands up, and basically got knocked out twice by Jamal with a right hand. Jamal Hill's long, he's lanky, he's fast with his hands. Uh, I thought the left hand was going to be a problem for Jimmy Crude. It was two right hands, put him out, fucked up his eye. Jamal Hill looked great. That's four stars. 
Uh, wait, hold on. Fights got mixed up on me. Yeah, that's four stars. Jimmy Croup, man. Sorry, you get a bagel, bro. You get a zero, bro. I mean, what do you want me to do, Jimmy? You didn't even land a punch. Oh, and two now. You lost your last two, buds. Jimmy Crute's young. Hopefully this is a reality check. Oh, I am human. I can be knocked out. This tall, lankier guy who's not really doesn't have an ounce of muscle on him just slapped me. It was funny. I had a friend growing up. Still, we're not more friends, but we're not like we don't hang out. Wasn't the toughest guy in the world. Would definitely throw down. Like, cause I, you know, I used to get in a lot of fights growing up. Definitely would throw down. If he had your back, like if I was getting jumped, he's jumping in for sure. Right. But he wasn't like a guy that would get in a lot of fights. He wouldn't pick fights, I should say. Right. Um, you know, maybe he's just not a violent person. Maybe he didn't like it. But anyway, he was built a lot like Jamal Hill. Wasn't as tall. Wasn't six, four, really long, had like a boy body, had like, looked like a 10 year old boy, no chest, just long as can be. Right. Um, but when he would hit guys, sleep them. He fucks dead them. I've seen him knock out so many people just one by them. And it's just like this weird skinny guy, long guy power. And Jamal Hill's got that. Jamal Hill's got that. And he's got technique. I don't want to compare my buddy to Jamal Hill. I mean, that's insulting. But, you know what I mean? It's that body type, man. He's fucking dudes got that leverage and they can crack. And Jamal Hill is an interesting guy. I still think there's some holes in this game. I still want to see him fight like a true, true wrestler. A guy who's not going to come in there and stand up with him. He seems athletic. He seems incredibly fast. Um, but, you know, I, I really want to see like what he what he does when, when people ground him. What does he like off his back? Um, what's his takedown offense like? We've seen his takedown offense. It's okay. He hasn't been taken down before, but... Uh, obviously, it was a little bit ago. I want to see what he is. He's not in one, still very young, confident as go get out. I think he called Johnny Walker out, which I love that fight. That'd be a fantastic fight. But Jamal Hill, really, with his personality and his fighting style, 205 is very weak. He is two big fights away from kind of getting scratching to the top. You know what I mean? I know that's fucking crazy to say. I don't even know if he's ranked right now. Probably not, but he might get ranked now. Then he's going to go in and he's going to fight maybe Johnny Walker, right? Or he's going to fight someone in 205 with a good record. I don't have the rec- things pulled up in front of me because I'm a bozo. But he's going, if he keeps winning, he's two fights away from scratching top five. You know what I mean? I still think there's a lot of questions to be answered. But, you know, Jimmy Crute, uh, shave your fucking mullet, dude. Like, you know what I mean? There's only one guy I like on the mullet, and that's Christian. You're getting too cute with it, right? Don't worry about your hair so much. Worry about your fucking skills and go in there with a game plan. Like you, you had the advantage on the ground. You feel, you looked like the bigger, stronger guy. Um, and you just didn't use that. You, you were just too confident in your toughness and your ability. And both those shots were your hands were complete down the one, the shot that dead at you. He looked fucking like his eyes were closed. That's not good. All right. Next up Clay Guida versus Leo Santos. I can tell you right now, Leo Santos gets a fucking zero retire already. I mean, listen, you almost had Clay finished. You're a world-class jiu-jitsu black belt. I'm talking world-class. Yeah, you're 50-something, 41, whatever, 100 years old. Clay was hurt to the body bad, and then you almost TKO'd him a few times. And a lot of people were rejecting that he should have. I don't think so. Clay's a veteran. Clay was doing everything. There was maybe a moment where when he was looking up at Keith Peterson, I think it was, 
when Leo was looking up at Keith, are you going to stop this? Clay was on a single, tucking his head and, and trying to finish the single. He It was not a bad stoppage. I know a lot of people maybe had Santos in parlays, and that fucked people up. A lot of green color classes out there. I don't think that's a bad stoppage because Clay Guida has had fucking almost 60 goddamn fights, right? The guy's had 58 fights. He's been finished before. He has 21 losses. He knows when he gets caught good enough to be out, right? The knee buckled him, put him down, but I thought it was an okay okay non-stoppage. Leo fucked up. He has a horrible gas tank anyway, and instead of going for a neck or instead of going for anything for a guy that has been submitted Several times in Guida, you continue to punch, and then you continue to punch the body. You completely gas yourself out. Clay recovers from the body shot, recovers from knee to the head. That guy's not getting tired. And then what happens in the second round? Leo is so tired, he gets taken down. Clay Guida takes it back and chokes him out. A multi-time, high-level, got choked out by Clay Guida. Retire, burn your black belt, and if you have a school or something, close its doors. Because you just got submitted by Clay Guida. And then Clay Guida, listen, whatever. I mean, I gave Clay uh, a four. I thought that was incredible heart. I mean, he's a 1,000 years old. He didn't need to come back like he did. He's on a nice little streak now. I know he just lost to Mark Madsen. A lot of people thought he won. I know he's on a nice little streak. Um, he didn't need to come back from that. He got hurt to the body. He got hurt. He, he legit took a knee to the face. He could have rolled over and be like, ah, collect my paycheck. I'm sure he's getting paid good. He fought. And, and he came back and won. And that shows true heart for a guy, again, who's almost had 60 fights, who still wants to fight, who still wants this. He's still kind of a wild man. Uh, good for Clay. I'm not a huge Clay guy. I fade him a lot. Uh, I talk shit about him quite a bit. I think his brother's a complete fucking goof. But uh, good for Clay Guida. Good for Clay Guida. You know what I mean? That's, that's a good heart, dig down deep performance. Speaking about heart, Speaking about dig down performance, Chris, the action man, Curtis, the king of combats, he day done did it again. He done did it again. Oh, it's so sweet. All these cappers online. Listen, I know not everyone has a personal relationship with Chris, so obviously I'm a little more close to the situation. I get a little more biased, but I follow these cappers, and all they talk about is value. I can't play that guy. He's too high. I got to play the value, right? And I get it. It's a numbers game. I, I understand it, right? But who the fuck looks at this fight? And doesn't see value on Chris Curtis at plus 270. I saw so many high-level, maybe not even high-level, just guys with a lot of following take Brennan Allen at plus 360 or minus 365, and then the very next fight go, I can't take him. That's no value. What are you talking about? Chris Curtis just knocked out Phil Halls, who was undefeated in the UFC in round one. Chris has been long overdue for his shot. All his teammates have fought Brennan Allen. His chief corner beat Brennan Allen. And he took the fight in relatively short notice. Up a weight class, but Chris is a 30-fight veteran. This isn't a guy coming off the contender series with 10-0, 6-0, whatever. This is a vet who slow started against Phil Hawes, did not slow start against Brennan Allen. First round was very competitive. Brennan Allen, 6-2. Chris, I think he's listed at 5'10". He's about 5'8", 5'9". You know, sorry, Chris, for exposing you. Not a tall guy. Thick, well-built guy, dense dude. Um, him and Brennan were, it was kind of chippy a little bit. Chris is a nice guy. Chris isn't really 
talk talks that much shit, but there was a little heat on this one because Brendan constantly is calling out Extreme Couture. He thinks that whole team is talking about him. He, you know, he hates John Strickland, wants to fight Strickland again. Strickland's the only uh, loss in the UFC. He's fighting Strickland's like best friend in MMA, chief corner with Strickland in this fight. Um, so there was a lot on the line for Brandon Allen, but it got a little chippy. It was very competitive. They're throwing a lot of heat. Brandon Allen's stand-up has come a long way. He's got a good right kick. He's got some good boxing. Uh, Chris was paying, put money in the bank to the body. First round was very competitive. Brandon Allen uh, went for a couple takedowns, didn't get him. Got one kind and then got his back. Chris got off fairly quickly. Ended on the top. Well, the uh, round one ended on the top. Brandon was going for uh, a leg lock. Chris was hammering, hammering on top. Um... I, that fight, that round could have been scored either way. Obviously, I scored it for Chris. I thought Chris landed the more meaningful fights. I've since rewatched the fight. If you look at round one, uh, Brendan wasn't landing super clean. Chris was blocking a lot of those. A lot of the body kicks were going to the elbow. He was blocking up high. Um, I mean, de- definitely shots got through, but I thought Chris overall won that round. Very, very close round. Comes out second round. Chris is now like, okay, I'm in the UFC now, right? This is always ever won it. I'm in the UFC now. I knocked off Phil Hulse round one. Me and Brennan Allen, who is five and one, who is a prospect at 25 years old, who is a wizard on the ground, people say, and then was a huge favorite. Chris is going, you know what? I'm in the second round with this guy. I might have just won the first round. I only get better as this fight goes on. Now it's time for me to turn it up. And as he listened to his corner to a T, start piercing that body more, start leading more. And then when they're in the clutch, body, right hand, fucking put Brennan out on ice skates. And that's the one thing about Chris, though, is he can finish a motherfucking fight. He takes his time, clenched up with Brennan, landed some body shots, more hammer fists, and just warmed down and TKO'd him, knocked him out in the second round. Boom. I went ballistic. I couldn't go crazy because my kids were sleeping, but man, I was so excited for him. He's such deserving for this. I, I know he's a buddy of mine. I know I used to train with him. I know I'm close to them. But the guy, regardless of all that shit, he's deserved to be here since a long time ago. So it's so nice seeing he was on Hawani's show today. Hawani was tweeting about him, Brett Okamoto. All these media members who know who Chris Curtis was from either CSS or the regional scene or PFL or whatever it is, they know, oh, this guy's, he's high level and he deserves it. Some of the best boxing, body punching in either way, 85 or 70. Um, he deserves it. And he took this on two weeks' notice, up away class against a kid that's pretty big. Brandon Allen, 6'2", could probably finish his career at 205, right? And Chris is legit 170. Um, couldn't be more impressed. Got a $50,000 bonus. I'm so happy for the guy. Uh, he obviously gets five stars. Brandon Allen gets a one. I feel like he overlooked Chris a lot. I saw some of the post-fight things. Called him a journeyman, you know, and just said some, you know, and listen, I get it. When you see a record like that, you're like, oh, this guy's a journeyman. Yeah. He came to the UFC on late replacement. I get it. I get the trash talk. I understand it. But Brennan Allen, you're 25 and you're 17 and five. When Chris was 25, he didn't have five losses. I can tell you that right now. Right. So, you know, who, you know, Brennan Allen, you're shaping up to be a journeyman myself, my guy. You know what I mean? Uh, but I couldn't be happier for Chris. He was such a good guy. I sent him a message. I know he's getting bombarded. He's starting to, um, really, you know, cause he used to just only be Facebook for a while. And now Twitter's starting to come around for him. He loves Instagram. He's, you know, whatever. And I, I shot him a message and just told him, Hey man, you won me some, some coin, you know, last two times out when you come to Cincy, you know, dinner on me. 
And, uh, you know, he won $50,000. Dinner should be on him, but I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay for it because, you know, the guy's the guy's the guy. All right. Alex Marner versus Mickey Gall. Timbo, our good friend, said this is the worst fight he's ever seen. I didn't think it was that bad. It was definitely sloppy. They're swinging. Uh, Morona got the job done. Mickey Gall, I don't think, should be in the UFC anymore. He's 7-4. and four. I know he's UFC homegrown. Every fight he's ever had is in the UFC except one, I think. Um, but, you know... I think you got to kind of maybe cut him a little bit and and maybe let him get work outside. Really see, really see what he's made of. But the problem is he has a name because of the CM Punk fight. So you cut him. He's going to go to Bellator. He's going to go to PFL. Maybe not my, maybe not might not make his way back to UFC, but this was, was a sloppy fight. I thought it was fairly entertaining. Morono, they kept talking about how analytical he is and how he knows everything. And he breaks down fight. Well, show it in the cage, bro. Cause you were swinging from your hip, right? Uh, but this was, you know, it was a sloppy fight, but Morono got it done. What did I give these guys here? Star wise, what everyone cares about two and one Morono got two Mickey got a one. So maybe Timbo, um, Timbo in my ear saying how sloppy it was really, uh, really got to me. All right. Dusko Todorovic versus Maki Batolo. Oh, by the way, guys, my underdog hit, I didn't make a graphic card cause you know, it, my brain was melting underdog hit underdog lock hit Chris Curtis. Send him home hit, Dusko Todorovic, mortal lock hit, Manel Cop. All three of my locks, obviously the send him home is, you know, the finish lock, but all three of my locks finished. Finished. Imagine if I wasn't so distracted, what kind of card I could have picked. I went eight, five of my picks. I could have fucking, I could have picked the goddamn perfect card. So I got a text from a buddy at work talking trash to me. He'll pay for that. He'll pay for that tomorrow. I can guarantee it. Um, just going to show Mr. Mac Batolo. Mac Batolo, bye-bye. You're not in the UFC anymore. Bye-bye. Great nickname. Four in a row, three in a row. What is this, five in a row? Who knows? Um, just fight IQ, which is completely dumb. What are you doing going for a fucking guillotine like that? Stay on the feet, Dusko. It's the only way you're going to win this fight is Dusko just leaving his chin out there. You hit him early in the fight. That kind of buzzed him. Didn't rock him, but you definitely hit him clean. You had big power. You went for the guillotine. Dusko is very heavy on top, very good on top, and then you fucking paid for it. Ground and pound round one. Get you out of there. Uh, yeah, I just, it was, the fight IQ was, was pathetic. I think he still is a little undersized. I think if he trimmed up a little bit, 170 could be a home for him, but that's not going to be in the UFC. Dusko. Had a lot of hype coming in the UFC. Hasn't really lived, lived up to it, in my opinion. <clears throat> However, uh, I thought he looked pretty good in this fight. I mean, the stand-up is still hands down, chin up. That's going to be his style. It's very beatable. Uh, if anybody at 185 takes this fight next, you know, with him, it's it's just step into anything and you can hit him. The guy's not invincible. He's been knocked out before. He's been chinned before. He's been hurt before. Um, he's got to clean that up. I don't know if you can because it's just such bad habits, but... Uh, when he gets on top, though, he's legit. I think he's pretty well-rounded. He likes to strike, but when he gets on top, he's he's pretty good. On the bottom, not so much, but on top, he's heavy. Um, and what did I give this? Did I, did I tell you guys yet what I gave these boys? Maki gets a zero. Sorry, Maki. I give his zero, and you don't have a job. God, I'm such a dick. And then Dusko gets a three. Just a three. Maybe maybe a little conservative on that. But, you know, Mackie is he is what he is. All right, next up, Manel Cop versus Zalga Zumagabagabaga. That's five stars for Manel Cop. This is the fight for some reason. Maybe because I'm a Manel Cop fan. Maybe it's because whatever. Sometimes handicappers get in their own way. 
when you bet fights, there's there's certain people out there like uh, Yanni the Greek. All he does is look at numbers. He has spreadsheets, numbers, whatever. That's fine. I'm not going to bag on anybody how they cap their game, right? You know, old school way, you look at tape, you know, whatever. For me, it's it's a lot of tape. I do look at some numbers, but not crazy. And it's a lot of just instinct and feel. I've been, I've been watching MMA for fucking 20 years, you know, since I was 15 years old. I've been watching MMA 20 years. I got, it's a lot of gut sometimes, right? And sometimes I'm fucking completely wrong, but I've been doing okay, right? But a lot of it is just really hardcore tape watching and then who have they fought. <clears throat> That's my my system. And I have, you know, you know, my system failed me because Zumagulov is from Kyrgyzstan or whatever, and he lost. Better stand, you know, from a stand, better grand. That blew up in my face. Anyway, a lot of people just really thought Zumagulov was, was the value play. But now cop one and two in the UFC doesn't look that good to value play. Zumagulov is not good. He's tough. He's durable. Um, but he's not a high-level guy. He did well outside the UFC. He hasn't done shit in the UFC. Manel Cobb started UFC career against Pantoja. He did nothing in that fight, right? It was his own fault. I thought he could have beat Pantoja if he turned it up a little bit. Just kind of stared at him, right? But Pantoja's high fucking level. Then Nicola, uh, Matthias Nicolau was an ugly fight, right? I thought he won the fight. He dropped Nicolau. But again, just didn't do enough. Then you bring the Odie Osborne fight in. Odie, good striker, long, lanky. Uh, pretty good up in the UFC up until that point. Manal Cop, you know, first round got got hit a few times, and the second round just deaded him with a knee. Right? He's aggressive. He's powerful. One twenty fivers don't hit like Manal Cop. This guy is, you know, besides Figgy, this guy can fucking crack. And Zumagulov, his concrete head just walks through everything. Got clipped and got put out. And cannot Cop Cannot Cop looked fucking good. So my problem with cappers is to sometimes ignore number when a fighter is that much better than another fighter. Zumagulov is good, maybe halfway to good, and Manel Kopp is almost great. He's going to be a problem at 125. Took the fight, you know, two and two in the UFC. I know everyone's going to overlook him or whatever. 125 is thin, but... This kid is is that good. His biggest issue outside the UFC has been his wrestling and, and, and a little bit of cardio. It seems like he's cleaned that up. I believe he was coming out of AKA for a while. But that power, the striking, the speed, the timing, the confidence, everything is there for him right now. He just signed a new fight deal. He called everyone out. Uh, I love it. I love this. He said, I'm fighting for a title soon. Believe it or not, I'm going to fight for a title. And I believe him. He's get two more wins. I think cops should fight the winner of Cody Garbrandt, Kai Car France. Then maybe one more. It really depends how Morono and Figueroa shake out. Maybe one more, and then and then you're looking at uh, 125 time, uh, 125 pound title shot flyweight. That's how you say that. That's how you say that. But sometimes, guys, pick the better fighter when it's that much of a, a of a of a leap here. You know, CM Punk was what plus whatever in his fight was that value. Not saying he's gonna go off CM Punk, but am I saying that? Am I? I think it just came out today that he's got like two wives and like six kids or something. He's polyam. What was that? Poly polymist? I don't know what it is, but he's got multiple wives. So guy be fucking Brian Barberina was Daniel Weeks. This fight kind of you know uh, to me Brian Barberina did his classic you know Brian Barberina fight. I really shit it all over him. Uh, yeah, I mean there's not much to say with that. Um, what did I give these boys here? Uh, Darren Weeks gets a where are you at Weeks? 
there you go. Two, Barberina gets a three. That makes sense. You know, I thought Brian Barberina just, you know, did what he had to do to win this fight. Darren Weeks, I thought, you know, would, would be a little bit better, a little bit more aggressive. Kind of froze a little bit. You know what I mean? I felt like he could have had some more opportunities with his hands here. He wrestled a little bit. His wrestling is pretty good, but probably couldn't do a full wrestling fight because of uh, cardio issues. But I thought he looked okay. I thought he looked okay. Uh, Brian Barberina is a veteran. Uh, and he's just, you know, he's here for a good time. Yeah, this guy's here. Just This guy's just here to fight for a good time. You know what I mean? He, he ain't fighting for titles anytime soon. Uh, but he, it was an okay fight. Not my favorite fight. Our Cheyenne Vlismas, formerly Cheyenne Baez, doesn't want to talk about it versus Mally Barton. Fun fight. This guy fight at night, which, yeah, whatever. But both women got paid, so fuck it. Let them get paid. You know, they probably weren't getting paid a, a whole bunch. It was a good fight. Cheyenne a bad bitch. Cheyenne fucking talking her shit. Like, and not even like... Because they were friendly, but it was like competitive shit talking. Let's go. Let's go. You know, like that. Coming off COVID, coming through a divorce. A lot of question marks with her. She looked good. Mallory Martin threw her hands up like she won the fight. I mean, you were competitive, Mallory, and you've definitely made improvements, but I don't know how you thought you won that fight. Shane gets a four. Mallory gets a two. I was impressed with Shane. I think I, I think her one hiccup was getting that fucking head and arm takedown versus Monistat Ruiz or whatever the fuck her name is. And just held there. It was such an ugly loss that people forget how fucking violent she is. She's good everywhere. Stop Martin's takedowns. Her stand-up looked fantastic. And, uh, yeah, big fan of Cheyenne. William Knight versus Alonzo Menafield. This fight didn't live up to the hype. I, people were hyped about this fight because they're both bricked-up dudes. Um, I had Knight here. Knight gets a two. Menafield gets a one. Menafield, again, just he's not that monster they thought they signed off the contender series. I've always have a chip over Alonzo Menafield because him and Greg Hardy got signed over Chris Curtis, but it's not working out for Chris Curtis, so I can't be that mad. But I just think he's average. William Knight, you know, keeps his chin in the air, and, and for a big guy, just doesn't really slow down, grapple a little bit here. But Menafield just, you know, he just doesn't, I think, have it. You know what I mean? I just, he's 205. So he's going to stick around a little bit. He does have some power, but, you know, he got clipped in that first round, almost got finished. But uh, I'm not excited about either of these guys' next fight. You know what I mean? I just, I just, I'm not super pumped about it. Claudio Polis versus Chris Grusmacher. Grusmacher is a bozo. Uh, fighting the way he did, he gets a three. Grusmacher gets a zero. Claudio looked good. You know what I mean? Um, he probably should have got more than a three, but Chris Grusmacher is Homer Simpson. He just got pieced up, walked forward, went to the ground, got his leg taken. I mean, just had no urgency. Looked like he didn't even wake up out of bed for this fight. Really weird performance by Grusmacher, who I don't think is good, but at least some, at least he shows up, right? But he got hurt with some kicks, some punches. Uh, Claudio Pulis looks sharp. You know what I mean? He's, he's obviously good on the ground. His stand-ups come a long way. He threw the same combination like three or four times, left high kick, left hand, or right high kick, right hand, can't remember, uh, and was laying it like almost every time. You know, he needs to mix that up a little bit if he's going to compete against a guy who's not Homer Simpson. But um, other than that, I thought he looked pretty good. Maybe she got higher than three stars. Oh, well. Uh, Louis Smoker versus Miss Morales. Smoker gets a zero. Morales gets a three. Start the night off with a dog shot, baby. I wish I would have played it. I didn't. Sorry, for, I saw a lot of people on Luis Smoka, and I don't know why. He's not good, good. I mean, Vince Morales isn't a fucking world beater, but you're putting that much on Luis Smoka? What are you doing, baby? Oh, brother, this guy stinks! He stinks. All right, 269 preview, final pay-per-view of the year. We'll be live, I guess, Thursday. I want to maybe do it on Wednesday. I got to talk to the boys. Usually it's Thursday. But um, 
incredible, incredible pay-per-view. Main event, co-main event. The poster still has Edwards, Masvidal. That's not happening. I don't even know if Jeff Neal Ponsonibio is happening because Jeff Neal just got drunk at a Texas roadhouse and got a DUI or DWI or whatever they call it nowadays. I mean, the guy's drinking that heavily outside of 16 days or whatever it was outside from a fight. You know, that worries me a little bit. But that's a banger. Uh, you know, Manonius Jr. Pena, that's got a little bit of heat on it. They both don't like each other. Pena's talking crazy shit. Like, she's not going to be afraid of Nunez. And, you know, you're talking yourself into a title fight. I get it. Charles Poirier. Charles Poirier. Fuck me. Charles Lovera versus Dustin Poirier. I can't get a read on that fight. Like, I watched the, the Embedded right before I hopped on here. I usually get a feel for fights, you know, early, especially the main event, especially this good of a main event. I don't really know because I fade both guys a lot, right? I don't really have a lean right now. It's it's going to be tough. I'm going to have to really dig in, see some takes, see some stats, and kind of find that one. That one doesn't really naturally come to me. Um, and then I tweeted out yesterday, there's a fighter on this card that I would literally take a loan at with my wife on our house, on our cars, whatever it may be. Take a large loan out to put on him. On that, and he's he's a favorite, a, a good sized favorite. It's not Sean O'Malley, and obviously it's not Amanda Nunez. I'm not that big of an asshole. Um, but he's a good sized favorite. He's a man, and I would bet everything on him that he's gonna win. I'm that confident, and I can't wait for him to fight. <clears throat> but yeah, Jeff Neal Santiago Santi Ponzinibbio, great fight. I don't know how that fight's gonna happen. If it's gonna happen, whatever. Kakar Francis Cody Garbrandt, interesting to see Cody at 125. I like Cody, but my prediction is weight cuts don't do anything for your chin. You were chinny at 35, even though Kai Kaikar Kai Car does have a little bit of power. He's fast, good boxing. This fight's going to be on the feet. But I feel like if Kai Kaikar touches Cody, I mean, I don't know if Cody can take it. I mean, look at TJ Dillashaw at 125. He's skin and bones. He took one shot from Cejudo out. And he had an okay chin at 35. Cody Garbrandt, ugh. That worries me. I'm very intrigued by that fight. Sugar Show. Sugar Show is... Oh, my beard got that. Sorry. Sugar Show is in town. Yes, I said my beard. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Rylan Paiva. A lot of people are upset about this fight because they want Sean to fight higher up guys. I think Paiva is a very good guy. This might be one of the best guys he's fought next to Cheeto. Um, Paiva is a long striker as well. Can mix it up on the ground. He's aggressive. He doesn't quit. He's going to come forward. Uh, Sean's my guy. Everyone knows I love Sugar. Shikshan. But um yeah, it could be it could be a tough matchup for him. I, I'd be really interested to see how he does in this fight. You know, I want to see the all aspects of O'Malley. I want to see the ground game. I want to see the anti-wrestling. His striking is obviously fantastic, it's unique. Uh, but I want to see more of him, right? That's what people probably why people want him to fight these top guys, because they're gonna get more out of him. There's so many question marks still to go with Sean, but I do think he's a special talent, he's athletic, he's powerful. Um, his cardio is good, but there's still some things we need to see. Hopefully, we'll see at this fight. Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige. Not a lot of people, I feel like, are talking about this fight. That fight is a fucking banger. 145, again, don't know what to expect. Always kind of doubt Ige, and he's fucking lights out. Emmett's been off forever. He's a beast, but, like, he's getting older, and he gets hurt every time. Like, what? Like when is it going to stop? Pedro Munoz versus Dominic Cruz. Awesome fight. Um, you know, Pedro Munoz is a legit dude, good boxer. Dom Cruz doesn't fight all that often, but when he does, it feels like kind of a big time. They're burying this on the prelims, not even the prelim main event. Kind of weird, but uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be a good fight. You know, Augusto Sakai versus Tai Tuivasa. He got rebooked. I could do without it. Don't like either guy that much. Bruno Silva versus Jordan Wright. Two fucking psychos going out there, just banging it out. Jordan Wright, I don't think, goes out of the first round. He's either knocked out in the first round or he's going to go home and slice up a body, that serial killer. Bruno Silva impressed the shit out of me his last time out. Big, big power from that guy. Andre Munez versus Eric Anders. Munez is a guy at 185 people need to talk about. Big, big time grappler. Eric Anders is such a good benchmark as Anders. Not a great wrestler, but he's a good defensive wrestler. I think his stand-up is good, but it's not great. He's bounced from 85 to 205. I know he switched camps up a little bit. He was in Alabama for a while. I think he has sent, maybe went to Texas. He went somewhere else, but he's switching some things up. I like that. We'll see the new Eric Anders. He's super athletic, high, high-level guy. Aaron Blanchfield versus Miranda Mavic. Fight confuses me. Mavic went just, I thought, beat Macy Barber. Two girls that are on the verge of becoming superstars fought. Now they're doing it again. Aaron Blanchfield is a very, very good young talent. They're giving him a random maverick and vice versa. Don't love the matchmaking here. However, that's a fantastic fight. Alex Perez versus Matt Snell. I'm a Perez fan. I'm interested to see him come back. Feels like it's been forever since we've seen him. A lot of people forget he fought for the title and got absolutely obliterated. Um, before that, you know, he was looking pretty good in the UFC. He was winning some leg kicks, some knockouts. The dude's solid. Matt Snell, kind of a fringe guy. Ryan Hall versus Derek Minner. Minor, Minner, hardly know her. Nailed a joke. Ryan Hall coming off a knockout. Kind of embarrassing. Derek Minor, good submissions. What is he going to do with Ryan Hall? Randy Costa versus Tony Kelly. Great fight. Under the radar fight. Costa, Costa. Costa, excuse me, he, uh, you know, looked good in round one against Janez. Tony Kelly is a guy not a lot of people are talking about because he's only 7-2 and he hasn't fought that much, but both these guys are going to fucking bring it. If Costa has a little bit of cardio, he's going to be interesting. Uh, Priscilla Cachoeira versus Jalen Robertson, that's just a toilet bowl fight of the night. First fight of the night, toilet bowl, flush it, who cares? All right, that's the show. MMA Tapes Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. On uh, YouTube, whatever, whatever the fuck ever. Just follow me, rate and review. Let's go. Fights this weekend. Pick them Thursday. Win the money. La ma fa no. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, baby. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.